Welcome to episode 13 of the What If Video Podcast. Today, my guest is Heather Young. Now, Heather has an incredible story of starting where she is, of seeing a need and filling that need with what she had. Even if what she had was as small as a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a buggy or a shopping cart or wherever you're from and whatever you call it. But Heather and I are going to talk about today um, on the show, who could you be if you would just love people? And Heather has such an incredible story and ministry that she has started, and she's going to tell you all about that ministry, how you can get involved, how you can help. But I just encourage you to really listen to Heather and to think about those things in your own life that, you know, maybe God's putting on your heart or pulling you and you just feel like, you know, you don't have enough to start or you, you're waiting to start. So be encouraged by this conversation with Heather Young. Heather, thank you so much. I was so excited when you agreed to come on the show. Thank you for having me. And I'm so happy I got to see yeah. you. Yeah. So you were here. Gosh, it's been a couple years now, right? And you were with Monica on the Bridges set and you shared your story. And I just remember just falling in love with that story. And I just love the simplicity of it. And I love how you point out like to just love people. And that's such an easy thing to say, but it's really hard to do because there's so many different kinds of people. There are. Yeah. So tell me, just tell me a little bit about your story and how you got started with the ministry and just all of that. Uh, You know, just a a short version of it. it, This was my dream. And if you ever asked me what my dream was, it was to help people. Really? To encourage them. I didn't know that. Um, I battled depression when Mm -hmm. I was growing up and uh, I just never felt like I was enough. And Mm -hmm. my mom was my biggest cheerleader, but I really struggled with that self-worth. And I think that's why my passion is the way it is to love people unconditionally because I know what it's like to not feel worthy. And yeah. I think that's something that, you know, I can champion for them. Right. But uh, I had gotten, you know, into corporate America and I had seen the the need for the homeless. And I bought a teacher cart from a yard sale and I would fill it with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and I would just walk the streets of Nashville. And I got to know people and some of the most beautiful people are sitting on those streets. Yeah. Um, and then it just started from there. And then I would go on Saturday with coffee because everybody likes to talk over coffee. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized that it, every organization was out on Saturday. So I said, well, who comes out on Sunday mornings? And they said, well, no one does. And oh. so that's how that started. And I said, let's go be the church. Mm-hmm. And that's how it started. And uh, we started off on Church Street. And then, you know, we, we got the boot because they were redoing the, mm-hmm. the garden and in the park. And so then we just kind of, you know, moved around and and from then now we have two teams that serve on Sunday mornings and we also have a team that serves in Lebanon. That's right. Yeah. And uh, we have the most incredible volunteers. That's so awesome. And um, so that's, and now, you know, this past Sunday with both teams in the morning, we serve 275 and then in the afternoon we served 116 people. Mm. That's incredible. Yeah. And I think just, you saw the need because you were driving down there to go to work and you yeah. physically saw yeah. people sitting on the streets. Yeah. That's what you mean. So I feel like there's sometimes like, and I, I hate to admit it, but I, I want to be honest. Like there are sometimes where I'm almost fearful. Do you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. fearful to approach people. So just, I've always loved that about your story that you kind of just did it. Like, I feel like I would be so afraid, um, but you weren't. I just kind of went on faith and I I really truly believe with my whole heart that God has given me discernment Yeah. Um, because I have been approached and I've had some things happen, 
but I go in with love and I yeah. think sometimes that opens more doors that normally would be closed. Right. And uh, I just use caution. I use awareness because a lot of the time it's mental illness yes. and they, they can't control that. Right. Um, but I, I just, I just love, yeah. and, uh, it, it's been a, more of a positive than it has been. You know, I've only yeah. had two negative experiences, but it's part of what we do yeah. and it's, it's never going to be rainbows and unicorns the right, whole time. Right. You know, and you meet the need first. Like you started with the peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. You didn't start with like, Hey, you know, yeah. like, I mean, you know, you met the you need can't, first. Right. You, you can't go that way because right. everybody's got hurt. Everybody's got trauma. And if I start with that, yeah. I'm going to turn people off. Yeah. And, um, and something I, I feel very passionate about is when we're down there is we feed first because, okay. you know, someone said, well, we should, you know, give them the word first. And I said, no, I said, that's not how we, that's not yeah. how we work. Right. And the reason I say that is because you may want to hear me this week, but maybe not next week or, mm -hmm. but we have to feed the, the, the stomachs because you can't think when you're hungry, you know, and you, right. nothing makes sense when you're hungry. Right. Right. So I, I just feel passionate about building that relationship and mm -hmm. it's not so much the words, it's so much of our actions. Yes. And, um, I like to start there first because you've got to build a relationship before you can start coming down and telling people that they need to change their life right. and they need to do this yeah. because that's not how you're going to win people for that's Christ. Right. That's right. That's so and, good. And, uh, I always just say something I, I always say is you may be the only Jesus that someone sees yeah. and what is that going to look like Gosh. to them? If we just lived our lives thinking about that first. It's, it's something I live by, mm -hmm. especially when I'm down the street yeah. because I want them to see how he loves. Right. And I helped, uh, um, I was at the bus station and I was serving a bunch of people and I had met a gentleman that asked me why I do what I do. And we got to talking and he had gotten out of prison and he asked if he can start volunteering with me. He mm -hmm. said, I want to give back. And, uh, so we did and we talked, well, he sent me a text that night and he said, I now believe in God. Wow. And I said, you know, if I've never done anything. Yeah that's, that's my goal because yeah. I always say, I want to make, you know, heaven standing room only. Right. Um, but it's, you never know who's watching. You never know who's, mm -hmm. you know, observing you. And like I said, you may be the only Jesus. And yeah. what is that going to look like to yeah. people? That's so good. That's so good. And I, I love, like, I feel like I see some of your like pictures and stuff on social media and just the joy, the joy. I mean, that might be their only dose of joy for that whole week is seeing you and looking forward to your ministry coming down there and and Some, they know we'll be there. Yeah. You know, like 4th of July came. They knew we were going to be yeah. there when the bombing happened. Yeah. They knew we were going to be there. And that's what I love is they they know us enough that we know all for him is going to show up. Right. And that speaks volumes. And you're consistently meeting the need in love. Yeah. And sharing Jesus. Yeah. But I, I love like they might not want to hear you this week and they might next week, but they're going to want to eat this week. And they're also going to want to eat exactly. next week. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, that is the, that's the gist of it and the need. And that's. Exactly. I just, do you have pictures of you pushing around the cart of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? You know, I don't, I, I want I, that. I, I, I wish I had one, I but you know, too. it was me by myself and Gosh. I never thought to take a picture of myself. <laughs> um, but I have, I still have a picture of my cart and I think I still have my cart somewhere because it, it's, it's a part of what we, did, we started, Yeah, you know, and, uh, it's, it's so awesome to me because I think back like in my growing up. I cheered and danced and was a singer and I did all of those things that involved like a stage or a spotlight and in in my mind that is what it meant to be great and then when I got saved it meant okay I have to be a famous worship leader yeah or I have to do something big and in a spotlight but gosh that's just not it that's just not it like what you're doing is is so great and you pointed that out the story in Matthew in yeah. chapter 25 like the Lord says what you have done to the least of these you're doing unto me. And it reminds me of that so many times, like, you know, I've taken a knife out of someone's hand who wanted to 
they wanted to end their life or um, just different experiences where it's so not about, you know, who sees you or where it's just like, that's a human being. And many times I get in my car and I cry sometimes because there's so much more that I wish I could do. But I also, I have to just do what I can. Yeah. But there's not a Sunday that doesn't go by or a Wednesday or Thursday that I'm out on the street that I don't tell someone that they matter and how much right. they're loved. And, and this summer, I've been a little bossy about the water because no one can leave my presence without me knowing how much <laughs> water they have. But it's important because I think the summer is just as you know rough as the winter, but yeah. that someone just is looking out for them. Absolutely. And uh, it, it's, I don't care if you stink. I don't care what you, I don't care. Right. And, uh, and just like Jesus didn't care. Yeah. He's going to love them just yeah. the same way, you know? So the first show that we did, um, my friend Adonis Lindsay was on it. Do you love Adonis? He's amazing. <laughs> he is amazing. He, I always tell him, like, when I leave your presence, I want to, like, go climb a mountain. Like, he is. Because like I feel like sunshine. I can. Yeah. 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 But he says one of my favorite phrases, and it's so true for my life, is the start is what stops most people. Yeah. And because we feel like we have to have all of this together before we start, but you got a cart and some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like and you didn't have everything. I had not. And I literally was like, God, I'm only one person. And, and if you ever asked me since high school, oh, it would be a dream to have a nonprofit. Oh, I would, you know, mm-hmm. and it was always a dream. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to start with my cart. And, you know, and start I just with my cart. And I just mm-hmm. didn't even think yeah. like anything of it. Like, well, I'm just going to go do it. And I just didn't think that was tangible. Right. And then when it, it came, I was like, oh, my gosh, we're on to something. And. This right here in this moment, I never dreamed would ever happen. Yeah. And it's all God. And right. um, and that's what I love is, is when we're doing this. And I just said, he gets all the credit, you know, and, yeah. and I'm just so grateful that he's allowed me to do this. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for that right. because we're never going to have it all together because things are changing every day. But, you know, I just do what I can with what I can, where I can. Right. You know, that's so good. And the Bible tells us don't despise small beginnings. <laughs> And that's what you did. You had your cart and your peanut butter and jelly. You got to start somewhere. Tell me how you've seen the Lord grow that. So from there, um, you know, we had like five volunteers and now we're up to, I don't know, almost 50. Um, and the, the one of the, the best things is I prayed for a van and now we have two. Mm-hmm. I prayed for a warehouse and now we have one. Um, you know, I wanted blessing boxes. It was mm-hmm. just something I wanted to do. And uh, now we have six. And watching people's lives change has been the reason I, I keep going. Yeah. Um, we had a gentleman last summer, his name was Roger Solomon, sweetest man you'll ever meet. And uh, he was laying on the sidewalk, it was a Wednesday and I was delivering food and I, I, I saw him in pain and I dropped the bags. I was like, you guys gotta feed yourself. And I said, what's your pain level? And he said, it's a 15. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, don't call the hospital because he doesn't have insurance. Well, I don't listen when people are in pain. And I called the ambulance and I put my phone number in his pocket. I said, I'm his advocate. I said, if something happens, I need you to call me. And they called me at 1230 that night, the doctor from Centennial, who was amazing. And he said, had it been 30 more minutes, he would have been dead because his ulcer was rupturing through his stomach. And in that time, we had him in the hospital. I replaced his pajamas, underwear, all of that. And um, even though he didn't have an addiction, I got him to a halfway house in Lebanon and we paid for his time there. And we taught him how to use a cell phone. We got him to the doctor. I color coded his medicine so he knew when to take his medicine. And he got baptized and he got a full time job. And he said to me, Miss Heather, he goes, I, I wanted to get off the street. I just didn't know how. Wow. And I said, this is where God says it's going to hurt for a minute, but it's going to be worth it. Yeah. And now he's back with his family. And, you know, it, it's um, that's my reason why I fight. Yeah. And I think it goes back to building those relationships, because if I didn't know him and I didn't know his first and his last name and what he ate and what he did, 
you know, I wouldn't be able to tell the ambulance, the guy at the EMTs right. when they came. And that's what it's about. It's yeah. just not saying, well, here's your sandwich. Best of luck to you. Right. It's um, knowing that there's a need and we have to do what we have right. to do. And when we don't go downtown often anymore, because we have a toddler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the date nights are very <laughs> when we used to. I remember having the conversation with my husband, Bobby, and I would look at people and I would just tell him, I'm like, I wonder what their story is. And I've just always been so intrigued, like, what is their story and how did they get there because they were birthed to a mama, <laughs> like, it's, some, you know, and even now more so being a mom, like, it just does something to you. <laughs> it, it breaks your heart because I always tell people, everybody's got a story. Yeah. It could be a bad, you know, they lost their job and then it snowballed. They have an addiction, mental illness. And I always said, no one woke up one day and said, I'm going to be homeless. Right. Today. And, the, you know, there's so many factors to it. And that's the thing is it's, you know, people always just think, oh, well, they're just a drunk. No, it's not what right. they are. And there's so many different stories. But if you just take the time and listen, you know, you know that it's hard. And, and uh, you know, somebody one day I was taking care of a young kid. I would say he was maybe 18 or 19. And someone came up and pat, literally patted me on the back and said, that was a great thing you just did. And I said, sir, I said, with all due respect, I said, if that was your son, I would hope that someone would love on him. And, um, and being a parent, it's very difficult when I see these young people out there and their self-worth is not there and they, they're they just looking for love in all the wrong reasons, right. you know, places. And right. it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. But I, I firmly believe addiction or not, no one woke up one day and said, I've decided to be homeless. Right. It's just not how that works. Right. I completely agree. I and, completely you know, agree. some we serve are perfectly fine with their meal and they go about their day and that's where they want to be. Other ones, you know, if they want the help, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. If they want a job, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. Um, but that's part of getting to know them, yeah. you know. Yeah. And just accepting, loving where they are, that this is where they are right now. Right. You know, maybe next week they'll want help, but right. this week they don't want to be bothered. And that's okay. And that's okay. Because our job is to plant that seed and to love. Exactly. To be the love of Christ. To be exactly. the hands and feet of Him. And when we say we love unconditionally, yeah. we have to love unconditionally. Right. We can't say, well, we love you, but right. we don't work that way. Right. You know. Yeah. That's incredible. So how did a girl growing up with depression, <laughs> so talk me through that. Like, what did your healing look like? What did your freedom in that look like? How did you grow from the girl with depression to this girl that has a warehouse and two <laughs> ministry locations and a nonprofit? And I never would have dreamed. I just, you know, not having the relationship like I have with God yeah. then, I really just thought when God created me, he created the biggest mistake. Mm. And you couldn't tell me differently. And it was just my self-worth. And, you know, nothing ever traumatic happened to me. Mm -hmm. It's just the way I was. And I remember my mama was saying, but God made you and you're beautiful and this and that. But it was a it was a battle. And I remember the last time that I was in the hospital for two months and you know, it, it's not funny, but I can laugh about it now is my therapist would be like, what's your goal for this week? I'm like, well, I'm not going to be live next week. Yeah. One more week I got. Yeah. Um, but I looked at it as I was at the bottom of the barrel and I didn't know how to get back up. And my, like I said, my mom was with me the entire time and, and we got through it. But when I got out of the hospital, it was like I was an infant. It was, mm. you know, I actually like that color. I like this or, and finding who I was. Mm -hmm. And then when I saw the people helping in the hospital, 
and one individual, his name was Trevor, and I pray for him because I don't ever know where he is, but he said to me, he goes, you're going to make it. He goes, you're wow. a champion and you're going to make it. And those words stuck with me. And from there, I said, you know, I want to help people. I mm -hmm. want people to never feel the way I felt. And I think that's why it breaks my heart with, with young people with suicide is, you know, if you would have told me then that I would be sitting here having this conversation yeah. with you, I would have laughed at you. Right. And that's why I want to tell the young people, like, it does get better. Yeah. Like, you will get through this. Right. And, um, and I think that's why I'm so passionate about, yeah, it's wonderful that we're helping you get off the street, but like, I need you to know right where you are right now that you are so loved yeah. because it literally could be it. Yeah. And I had a gentleman one day, he said to me, I'm going to kill myself today. And, uh, I knew he was not joking. Right. And I casually stayed behind him as he was walking over by, um, riverfront and I got to talking to him and he just broke. And I said to him, I said, you are not dying today. You are not dying on my watch. And he literally handed me over his knife. And, um, but I just, and we went to the hospital. He couldn't read or write. So I actually wrote my phone number on his arm in a black Sharpie. And I got him over to the hospital and he got the treatment. But I said, you are not dying today. And I think it's those things that you just don't know what a couple of words may do. And um, just realizing that, you know, I used to be ashamed of that story and ashamed of what people would think of me if they knew I had depression. Oh, mm -hmm. that was taboo. But now I'm realizing it's helping people. Yeah. And it's making people realize, like, you can get through this and you will be better. Yeah. And there are days when I'm having a rough day. Yeah. And thank God I have a best friend that I'll call and I'll say, it's that kind of day. And she gets it. Yeah. And she just lets me go. And, and I put the praise music on. I flood my mind with God's word. Right. Because I, I know that I'll get through the day right. where years ago I didn't think I would. Yeah. So it's just a matter of how you handle it. Right. And it doesn't have to define who you are. Yeah. That's so good. And what, what I hear you saying is even when you call your friend and then you listen to worship music and get into God's word, he's speaking life over you and you directly spoke life into that man. Yeah. So in it, I mean, that's the power of life is in the tongue. Death and life is in the tongue, you know, and you, yeah. you told that man he's not dying today. No, not today. And it's just that what a simple statement. You didn't have to like dig into your Bible and give him all of these reasons and scriptures of to why, you know what I mean? You yeah. just said here that here's the truth. Like you're worthy and you're not dying today. Exactly. And that's, and that's where it comes down to just love people. Like God created all of us. Yep. And I, that's something that when I, cause I can feel myself sometimes like getting judgmental or, you know, like, and I don't want that in me yeah. and I have to remind myself like God created this. He is a child of God or she is a child of God. Exactly. I might not like what they're doing. I might not agree with their lifestyle, but I am called to love them. Exactly. And, and I think that's what I've learned through the years yeah. is I've seen people that, and, and not to bash anybody, but you know, you go to church and it's like, well, I love God and, and I'm going to serve God, but I'm not going to help them because, right. you know, we, we can't be that way yeah. because, you know, oh my God, we all have faults. We've all sinned and, and fallen short. And what happens if God said, well, I'm not going to help you today. Right. It's, we, we can't, we can't be that way. And even if, you know, it may not be your calling to do what I do, but we still got to love them mm -hmm. and they got to understand that, you know, they didn't again, wake up to wanting an addiction or they didn't wake up with mental illness and we just have to love them. And I think that's the point that if like I ever get across to anyone is we have to love like he does. Right. Without any. Absolutely. Boundaries. Yeah. And it, it is our calling to love yeah. like he does. Yeah. Hands down above yeah. anything else. We've been studying the book of um, Philippians at church. And we actually just talked about this in our devotional that we had yesterday here. And our goal in our spiritual life is to become more like Jesus. 
And Jesus didn't spend all of his time in a church preaching at people. He was out doing the dirty healings work. and work and yeah. sticking his hands in the mud and yeah. sticking it on people's faces and healing them. Like he was out doing all of those things and he didn't let anything stop him. I mean, I just think of like the disciples and like, can you imagine like you're Jesus and you're like multiplying, like here's all of this food that came from this little lunch. And these people are like, oh, well, we can't do that. Or you can't do I would be like, would y'all stop? Like, yeah. how dare you? You know yeah, what I mean? But exactly. like, he didn't do that. So there's, it's not, it's him even loving like his closest followers in the midst of their doubt. And like, that brings so much comfort to me because yeah. there are so many times where I doubt him or I think I'm too small. Like, I can't do that. But he shows us time and time again that there's, he'll, use it. he'll use anything we can give to him. And it's such a Christian cliche, but the loaves and the fishes, like yeah. the little bit he can multiply. If, if, if that, if the little boy didn't give him the lunch, it wouldn't have been multiplied. Exactly. We have to open our hands. And I think sometimes for me personally, like I'll hold on and grip onto what I think like my calling is or my dream yeah. is. And I like grip the life out of it that it is dead, <laughs> yeah. you know? And then it's yeah. like, well, you've done wasted all of your time holding on to this. And now it's gone when, if I would have just released it and let him kind of lead me and guide me. Cause like you're saying, you didn't ever think you'd be sitting here talking about this. I don't like cameras. Like, yeah, that, that's why we're not looking at them. We're <laughs> yeah. just having a conversation. Like, <laughs> I never thought that I would be sitting here doing this. This isn't what I thought like at the time, like this wasn't my big dream. I wanted to be Carrie Job. I wanted to lead worship, do women's ministry, you know, but it wasn't until I released and surrendered to God. And he called me to one of the most uncomfortable things. Like, I don't like cameras. I don't like yeah. having my picture taken. I don't like any of that. Um, and then on top of it, I normally edit my own show and that's really awkward because then you you're vulnerable. Scare yourself. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> can I cut that out? <laughs> well, when I was in college, I took public speaking and I would lose sleep. Yeah. yeah. And I laugh because I know that God's laughing because he's like, oh, because you just wait. Right? <laughs> yeah. And yes. it's terrifying. Yes. It's terrifying. Yes. So tell me a little bit. Okay. So all for him ministry. How can people help? Where can we go? What? Tell us a little bit about we, that. To keep our, you know, operating expenses and with our three teams and our warehouse and our vans, it runs us about 3000 a month. And that's just for operating expenses. So, you know, the financial need is really big. Yeah. I would love to have, you know, we have um, some great supporters. Um, my church, Connect Church, is is a supporter every month, and they're yeah, amazing. Yeah, I love Connect. I love Connect. We have a lot of friends that go They're there. amazing. Yeah. Um, but just having, like, if we could get church partnerships, um, okay. the financial donation, they could go to our PayPal. They okay. can go to allforhimministry.org. And we also have a list of what our needs are. But oh, like tents, that's awesome. Tents, all on your website bags. and stuff? Yes, okay. ma'am. Okay. And uh, it's all on there, like tents, sleeping bags, mm -hmm. you know, work uniforms, bus passes, just basic you know, the basic survival is what's needed, but financial is really tend to be the biggest because we help, you know, get the people to recovery. We sure. help pay for classes. We get their work uniforms. We get them a two week bus pass to get them up and going. So it's, it's a lot of things that just, that need the help with. Yeah. You know? So if somebody knows somebody in need, is that, something like I get calls like that all the time do you okay I, I, I remember like night. when I first like met you I was like there's this person and there's yeah. this I'm like she's gonna like block me because I keep like once I met you yeah I and maybe that was it once I met you and listened to your I was I don't know if I was directing or running camera for when you talked to Monica but I maybe it just opened my eyes so I 
I'm sure the need was always around me. I just wasn't seeing it. And I think once once you do that, yeah. you, you see things that you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I was talking to a, my friend Janie the other day. We had breakfast after we were serving. And she goes, what are you looking at? And in the corner, if you blinked, you would have missed him. Mm-hmm. But he, there was a gentleman sleeping. And I made it. I had a bunch of t-shirts in my van. I made a, a pillow. Mm-hmm. And I ran over with some food and some water. But she goes, I, I didn't even see him. And But it's just having those eyes out all the time. Um, just to see people. And I did, I got a call last night and, and if I can't get to them, I'll, I'll direct them to either an organization or one of my volunteers that's in that area that we we can. Um, But sadly it's, it's growing and it's Mm -hmm. getting to be more and more. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure through the pandemic, have you seen more of it? Or? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Especially in Lebanon. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people we serve, you know, at the motel is they are, you know, either we're homeless or they're going to be homeless tomorrow because they don't have enough money for their motel room. And it's growing because, you know, the cost of living is astronomical. Unbelievable. And, you know, for our numbers in Lebanon, we served, you know, with four people and now we're, you know, at 116 people. Mm-hmm. And those are people either living in their car, just need a meal or they're living at the motel and they have to decide whether they pay for their meal or their hotel room for the night. Yeah. And uh, it's growing yeah. and uh, I'm seeing more and more of it. Right. And our blessing boxes, you know, just seeing them like we'll fill them every other day and every other day they're empty because wow. people just need food or people will come to our warehouse and they need a food box for their family and we don't turn anybody away. Yeah. And or we get people that are coming out of jail that they just have what they have on their back. So we make mm-hmm. sure they've got shoes and a Bible and clothing and, um, but just trying to give them the tools yeah. to make it and have dignity, you know, right. And not be looked down upon. Exactly. Yes. Like when we serve in all of our locations, we have tables and chairs. Yeah. I am so grateful that we had a volunteer that uh, purchased that for us because if I'm going to sit there and tell you that you're loved and that you're worthy, but I'm going to still have you eat on the ground, I, it just doesn't work for me. And I want them to have that place where they can sit. No one tells them they have to leave. No one tells them they have to get up and they can eat like a human being as they are Absolutely, with dignity. Absolutely, yes. And yeah. that's that's probably one of the most important things yeah. that we do in ministry that I feel so passionate about yeah. is eating at a table. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. For I know me. you I'm encouraged so me the you. first time. You've encouraged <laughs> me more now. I just want to like go out and love on people and you do that so well tangibly wow. and I'm really honored that you share your story with us. Thank you. And I'm yeah. so glad I got to see you today. Yes. So good to see you. <laughs> we would love to connect with you. Follow us on social media at What If Video Podcast or check out our website by visiting ashleylmclean.com. You can see what's coming up on What If, submit your What If questions, read Ashley's blog, and so much more. We can't wait to connect with you. The What If Podcast is now on iTunes. Subscribe to our video or audio podcast today and don't miss another episode. I hope this conversation with Heather really encouraged you, but I also also hope that it challenged you to maybe look at that thing or or look for that need that God's placing on your heart. And, and I pray that if you have some time, maybe you can take a moment and spend time with God and just say, okay, God, begin to show me 
prick my heart for those things that that you want me to do, those things that you are calling me to do and drawing me to do. And I just, I hope that God, and I know that he will, that if you ask him and we seek him, he says that we will find him. So seek him and ask him and keep on asking. Don't get discouraged if, you know, tomorrow you don't have this great idea. Um, Just keep on asking, keep on getting in the word and seeking God for those things that he wants you to do. And, And I really encourage you, like, Heather did, and this is something that I'm doing in my own life since this conversation, is what is it like, what's keeping me from starting that thing? Is it because I'm dreaming way too big and I'm like way at the finish line when God's like, okay, hold on, come back here. Here's the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So what's the peanut butter and jelly sandwich for you? For Heather, that peanut butter and jelly sandwich in her shopping cart launched a homeless ministry that is now serving hundreds of people. So be encouraged today, and I can't wait to hear of what God's going to do. And we'll see you next time on the What If Video Podcast.